Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. What is up, people? What is up? <laughs> Man, we're into February. Only 15 more months of winter left. And we should be good to go. Richard Grass in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Richard Grass, uh, unbelievable human being. Unbelievable human being. Richard Grass just posted that, I believe, he just bought a brand new car, which is amazing. Michelle, hello, Michelle. How are you today? Richard Grass is, in many ways, um, a hero to me. Uh, he has supported, he has, he has, uh, when I leave the hospital, Hillary, okay, okay, so, yeah, okay, Hillary's coming, bringing her tent, she's an eight-month pregnant woman, I just got a message from her on my phone, I'll be sheltering her, uh, we currently are uh, sheltering a, another homeless woman who just got her first ultrasound yesterday, thanks to Lori Beal. And uh, it's not twins, it's one baby. But as far as I know, it's a real baby with real baby, babiness inside her. And everybody's very happy. Uh, Lives in a tent in my yard, in the garden. I call it the garden, the houseless movement house and garden. I have a house and I have a yard and, you know, I like the word garden. It's an interesting thing. Uh, Yeah, so Richard says, yeah, yes, sir, that's is a car and that is so look um richard grass has uh protested the treatment of homeless people in akron i i would look for the 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 picture of him basically there's a cool picture of him wearing a tent because the city took all of his sheltering equipment like all of his stuff so he basically cut armholes and a head hole out of a tent and said it was his clothes and they didn't know what to do. So they let him keep his tent. <laughs> Thank you for saying I'm a great man for everything you do for the homeless. Uh, I do not feel great. And um, I feel like I do this for as many selfish reasons as altruistic reasons. I do this because I enjoy it. Um, I do it because it needs to be done because there are people like Richard Grass who have been treated like dirt, less than dirt, not even dirt, uh, rodents. They have been treated like rodents, like vermin. They need to be eradicated. Yeah. Uh, Sandy says, congratulations, Richard. Remember that picture of him? Isn't it great? Uh, he told me, I think a day or two ago, that he got all of his felonies cleared. And I'm not here to 
I don't think he probably even cares, but he got all of his stuff cleared on his name. His record is clean. He's cleaned up everything. He did all the work needed except for one misdemeanor. And his misdemeanor was that he refused to plead out on his trespassing charge. Okay, if you can get this, right? Okay, so here's a guy, Richard Grass, getting his life back together, as we like to say. I think that's debatable. I think his life was fine. Uh, He just is doing a new life. Who are we to say how people live their lives? Who are we to say Richard Grass wasn't leading a right life? It's up to Richard Grass to decide whether or not Richard Grass is leading a, a right life. Not me, not you. As long as Richard Grass isn't hurting other people, who am I to judge Richard Grass? So anyways, Richard Grass, by societal standards, is now doing great. And I think he's very proud of what he's doing, and I'm proud of him, because it's a big thing to change your life. It's it's huge. And so he got all of his... Um, he got all of his felonies cleaned up but he left one misdemeanor and it was the trespassing misdemeanor of him wearing that tent and he said i am going to trial on that misdemeanor and they dropped the charge weak so weak they dropped the charge because they didn't want to have that trial So, Richard won. (laughs) Now, Richard didn't get to play his story out in public, which would have been beautiful. That's why they they, uh, threw out the charge. It's because they did not want a trial of a homeless man with nowhere else to sleep, and the city giving him a misdemeanor. And you might say, oh, misdemeanor. A misdemeanor is $1,000 and up to six months in prison. Or jail. Sorry, not prison. In jail. Six months. He was looking at six months in jail for that misdemeanor because it was his second one. He had gotten one before for having trying to have the audacity to sleep somewhere. And so he got a second one, and then he was looking at six months in jail. And he's like, bring it. Bring it. And they chickened out because they know they're wrong. They know they're evil and they don't care. They are in line with the eradication of Uyghurs in China and Jews in Nazi Germany. That's who they're aligned with. That's who they're aligned with. They're aligned with the American government that ran uh thousands of native americans on the trail of tears uh, walk them extra long on the hopes of them dying that's who they're aligned with there's a great article right now uh that's kind of circulating that the akron beacon journal did about uh the inner belt the inner belt was literally a road that went to nowhere it never got finished Okay, the, it never got finished. Uh, 
Gretchen says America was founded on white supremacy. That's exactly right. It was founded by wealthy white Europeans. And that's who they want to stay in power. They want uh, to keep America great. And by keeping America great, they mean wealthy immigrants from Europe, white men, white European men. And you know it's true. Whether you think that's not true or not, uh, it's it's just true. Just look at it. Just look at it. And what I find is interesting, Gretchen says, wealthy white men that didn't want to pay their taxes. Isn't that funny, Gretchen? The American Revolution, murder, murder, war, was wealthy white men that didn't want it. They were upset because they didn't want to pay their taxes. They killed people because wealthy white men didn't want to pay taxes. They killed people over it. And now, low-income people in America just want to be able to live somewhere, certainly not killing people in the name of justice, just wanting to live, and they are treated like rats, like disease-infested rats, disease-infested rats. Let me see. I just, I had a video here. Um. Let's see, can I figure out how I got this? Okay, oh yeah, let me show you this. So right here, this guy, this is a, this is a video from San Diego. It was put up on, um, so okay, this video, so they're dismantling camps in San Diego. They do it all over uh, the city or country, I'm sorry. But this video is, so what's happening here is they're dismantling this camp in San Diego, not giving these people anywhere to go, by the way. And this woman here on the right is trying to take this tent because I don't know if you know or not, but tents aren't free. Tents aren't free. Here, watch. She's, can I, she says, can I take that? And they're like, no, you can't take that. They're going to throw away that. Here's another one. Here's another video of them throwing away a tent. Just throwing it away. I would say that's a $200 tent. They do it in the name of... Health and safety. For health and safety, we need to get rid of these rats. So, (laughs) and then what I find interesting is, then we have poor people, usually conservative in nature, that will stand up for the white man. So I want to show you this TikTok video. These look like uh, brown people. Okay, attacking a brown woman. Here, watch this. Officers were called on kids doing schoolwork in their car. Here, watch this. A lot of these ordinance is a waiver. So right now what you see, no, I could come near my car, near my kids. No, I'm coming near my children. 
This officer told her not to come near him. And mind you, this is obviously an African-American woman who has watched the news of African-American children getting killed for, for centuries in this country. And now this looks to me, and I don't know, but if this looks like a Hispanic man, I don't know, uh, standing up yet again for the white man's law. Because they're under, they're under the age 18. Okay. And so as- now he's changed his mind. Okay, I guess so. I can see your point. I can see your point. As you can see, they're doing schoolwork. They have two laptops. All right. Okay, so what I'm going to need you to do, because my car is registered, it's insured, and if my children is at school right now and it's... So imagine how they feel, this woman feels. Three cops roll up. Now, I think there was one, it looked like one white, pretty pale guy on the left over there on the other side. We got an African-American cop for sure. Then we got maybe, I think maybe a Hispanic guy. So now, then this is what happens. I've seen this happen in the homeless community. You'll take somebody with nothing, give them some power, and all of a sudden they become the thing that was oppressing them. It's not lunchtime. I'm going to need you to back up from my car because they're in the middle of doing schoolwork. And it's already a lot of stress from the kids being, you know, how should I say this? At home during school and have to learn. So if they don't want to be in a congested ass hotel, because right now what you don't know. No, 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 no. no. So probably she's homeless, right? I'm assuming. I don't know. Because she said if they don't want to be in a congested-ass hotel, so otherwise she's probably staying in a hotel. You don't know. You don't get it. You don't get our circumstances. You don't. And what is really dangerous is if they call Child and Family Services, she could lose those kids. Get that for one. And you don't get two. But you see two black children in a car that's registered to me and they're under 18. So right now you don't have no right. I'm their attorney. And y'all have the audacity to come three men deep to two innocent children who's doing schoolwork. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm about to get my keys and I'm about to pull off. And you're not about to see no ID or nothing because you can see that. You don't have to. What's understood don't have to be explained. You already see the frustration. No, it is ignorant. And then, see, not only then is she scared. He then says you're ignorant. Thank you for calling me a name. And now he's coming up on her because now he's angry. You said ignorance. There's two people in the car, right? Two children. I don't know that until I get Back up. There's two people in a car. Why is that illegal? You want me to back up? You're too close to me and I don't feel safe. You came up to my face. You came up to my face. Can you believe this nightmare? Shut up. No, shut up. He just told her to shut up. See how he's losing control? So he called her ignorant. Now he's coming towards her. He's angry. And now he told her to shut up. Now it's getting, and look at this guy. He is racked with weapons. No, I won't shut up. I don't have to shut up. Okay. You talk to me with some respect. Okay, I'm assuming maybe they're at a hotel. Okay, so this is maybe the scene. It looks like she's probably at a hotel. He, they're, she's having them do schoolwork in the car. 
back. I didn't curse at you. I didn't tell you to shut up. I didn't disrespect you. No, it's your time to go. Okay. It's your time. And now this guy, what's this guy doing? What's this guy just wandering around? I mean, he's got to be conflicted, right? Time to go. You know what? I don't know what, and I don't know why you're here. Nah. So there it is. Why are you here? Why couldn't, I mean, how can it be we never learned why they're there? I don't need to hang tight. I'm about to get my keys. So due to. All right. So this, we have to understand, everyone, that there is a war. It used to be really, it used to just be black people. Okay. It was when America was great, we just hated black people. But now, after World War II, we saw, so, so this is how I think. You can tell me what you think, if you think this is right or wrong. Before World War I and World War II, everybody was poor. Everybody was poor. Poor, 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 okay? Then there was the Great Depression. Everybody was really poor, my family included. Uh, my mom would talk about how she had to eat something in hominy. Hominy. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, they grew. She lived in Bedford, Ohio, which is kind of a not an inner city, but it's like a city town. They grew chickens. They raised chickens in their garage during the Great Depression and ate chicken. Uh, they there were there were gardens in the area and not for fun. <laughs> so they wouldn't starve. OK, Um Incidentally, my grandfather was a police officer uh, for a time, and then he flipped out, and he, got, he took it as a sign. During the Great Depression, he got kind of run over by a car. Now, not badly, like it sprained his ankle or something, but he took it as a sign and quit his cop job <laughs> in the middle of the Depression. And then, when my mom was 10, he died of lung cancer. And then my grandmother uh, sold corsets the rest of her life. Corsets are those things you strap onto women to make them look a little hotter. She she sold corsets, uh, and that's how she raised her kids. She would she would uh, uh, go down in the basement. She would take a chicken from the garage, take it down into the basement, and kill it and prep it, and then take it. She would so okay. This is how it goes. She would go downstairs. My mom never could keep the coal-fired furnace running, so my, my grandmother would come home. She would have to restoke the coal fireplace because my mom, at the age of 10 or 11, couldn't keep that crap running. And um, so then she had to go start the coal fire, uh, the coal-burning furnace, which I guess was not easy. Then... She would go and get a chicken out of the garage, murder a chicken. This was all after work of selling corsets door to door. Murder a chicken, prep the chicken, cut the chicken up, take it upstairs, and cook it. And that was after my grandfather quit his cop job in the Great Depression and then died of lung cancer. Not well, It was his fault. I mean, he smoked... Uh, he smoked filterless lucky strikes so yeah so you know i come from a long line of admirable men <laughs> um so at any rate the whole point of this is that we were all poor except for black people who were 
poor and black. <laughs> well, then we had World War II and everybody like then we had this big surge of the middle class. Everybody got those tiny little houses. Um, but now we are finding out that money pools to rich people. It just does. It's because they really want it. The rich people really want the money. The other people are like, yeah, I mean, I'd like a little bit of money. But then the rich people are like, I want all the money. And then the, the people that don't really care about money are like, yeah, sure, have my money. And the next thing you know, uh, I got a package this morning at 5 a.m. from Jeff Bezos. Because, you know, it's awesome. <laughs> Jeff Bezos wants all the money. And I'm like, eh, let him have it. <laughs> he sends me packages at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's amazing. It's amazing. So um, now it's not just black people. Okay. Hold on. Let me give you this story here. I got sidetracked, of course. Akron Interbelt story. So uh, this story here, uh, the fail. At the failed acronym belt drove decades of racial inequality. Can the damage be repaired? So basically what happened was they imminent domained this road and cut it right through a black neighborhood, a low-income black neighborhood. And there were other places they could have sent it, but those places were with wealthier white people, and the wealthier white people made a stink because they had money and political leverage because they had friends, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's, uh, there's Willie Johnson stands in front of, the, of what used to be the family home at 533 Douglas Street. The Johnson family blames the construction of the Interbelt for its depreciation in value when they owned the house. So that was the thing. These black people owned houses, and then the houses that did stay um, uh, became way less valuable. So it said in the late 60s and 70s, the city was offering $5,000 to each homeowner through a rare, on rare occasion payments were as high as 15000 Okay, so that's what they were paying for these houses. And then it said when the city did not approach Johnson to buy his house, he was devastated. Johnson knew that if he stayed in the neighborhood, his house would end up being worth next to nothing. So this guy didn't even get the payout option. All... All of the homes to the south of his were raised to make way for the highway. The interbelt cut through the middle of Douglas, Bell, Barry, and other nearby residential streets, turning them into dead ends. A comparison of Akron Street directories in 68 and 88 offer a glimpse to the extent of the destruction of Douglas Street, which lost about 150 buildings. Bell Street lost 160 buildings, and Barry lost 30. Property values on Douglas Street and the surrounding areas impacted by the highway construction began to plummet. With so many families leaving the neighborhood, school enrollment also declined, which led to the school closures, to further depreciating home values. In 96, 40 years after uh, Flanvis Johnson purchased it, the home was worth only about $11,000. Meanwhile, average ho ho home pro properties in Akron worth $45,000. So we know for a fact we did this to black people, poor black people. We know for a fact we did that. Now. The question we have to ask is, they want to know how can we repair that. Well, we can't. We, we killed that. That's done. What are you going to do? Give, give them reparations? I mean, literally, we never do reparations. Uh, oh, did you hear my auctioneer voice, Lori? 
<laughs> That's so funny. I do have an auction coming up in a couple months with uh, a school. Uh, Lori Beal stepping up, helping Aubrey, taking Aubrey to uh, a bunch of things, but probably the most highlighting. Aubrey is the is the homeless young woman. Took Aubrey to her first ever ultrasound yesterday and found out she was not having twins, but she is having one baby. And I believe, I don't know, is the baby good? How, what's the story? How's the story? If you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. I don't know. Aubrey seems pretty transparent about her uh, thing. Aubrey, again, lives in a tent in the garden. And Lori Beal uh, runs a, um, uh, a community center for youth in Wadsworth. You can, I can't remember the name of it. The, the garage? Is that what it's called? The garage? Healthy! Lori says the baby is healthy. Isn't that amazing? Do you remember the time in the world when we never had ultrasounds and we just showed up and we're like, hey, I think I'm going to have a baby. And they're like, sure, have a baby. And you did that in your living room. Uh, but anyways, it's really wonderful. They looked and the baby is healthy. That's just hot off the press's news. Um, and I think that Aubrey is trying to meet her family, her her birth family, she was adopted, her birth family in Virginia, I think is the next goal. They can, uh, uh, they have a house. I guess they're low income, but they have a house that she could come and move to. And uh, she's excited about that opportunity, which would be great uh, because most of my homeless friends don't keep their babies. Um, there's a woman, so now... Uh, and since you're here, Lori, I will tell you, I, I just got notice on Messenger here that says, hold on, you can do it. Give me the Messenger. Yeah, Hillary, who is on her way to the garden, is eight months pregnant. And um, wait, she said, when I leave the hospital, can we set the tent up? And I will say, of definitely. I will say definitely, if I'm not there, ask for Mick. Okay, Mick is going to help her. Okay, so now um, uh, Hillary is on her way, and I think, and again, I, I'm, okay, so what you need to know is I'm always balancing the lines of people's Privacy versus sharing the story. My belief is the only way this stuff gets better is if we talk about it. But we also want to protect people's privacy. Um, and I will say that Hillary has been on social media talking about the fact that the police took her tent, left her with nothing, okay, and she has nowhere to go. I don't know what she was doing at the hospital. I didn't get that updated story. Um, but her position it seems to me is that she will probably not keep the baby hillary used to be in okay look at that Lori beale just wrote hillary used to be in my teen moms program which is i think in wadsworth right and that's how hillary or, sorry that's how Lori and i got connected a young man came to our tent village from uh what is that guy's name you, you know who i'm talking about um Lori. ah it's on the tip of my tongue um so we work quite nicely together. 
uh, because a lot of times the people she works at risk youth, I think is the politically correct way to say it. And um, they sometimes don't fo- Thomas, thank you. Thank you, uh, Lori. Um, so the um, Thomas is a wonderful guy. I haven't heard from Thomas in the last probably year or so, but I think he was doing good. I don't know. Did he go back to Wadsworth? I can't remember. Uh, but it's interesting. It's so interesting that Hillary used to be in her teen mom's program. So clearly has had uh, uh, previous births, you know, previous kids. And it's not uncommon for these women. Uh, yes, and married. Thomas is married. What? Oh, my goodness gracious. That's wonderful. So, um, again, I do not cast judgment on anybody's life. Look, okay, let me tell you a quick story. I was getting propane tanks for Aubrey and Anastasia, of which you guys donated to, of course, because you're incredible. You are truly the wind beneath my wings, dang it. (laughs) Do you notice I'm trying to swear less? I am. It's 2022, trying to swear a little less. So um, I'm over there getting propane at Gammon's Son. Is that how you say it? Uh, wonderful. Very affordable. And the guy that's filling it up, he was talking to me. He's like, so you give these out to people that need them for heat? And I'm like, yeah, I have some people over in my, on my land. Um, and, he, and he said, do you get paid to do that? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, you sweet, sweet human. No, 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 no. I do this for fun. (laughs) And I just love that. I just love that. Like, do you get, because, like, it just goes to show you the, like, I think my father-in-law is of the same mindset, you know. I know. Hey, Christina Shaw, right? None of these people get paid that I'm aware of. I don't think anybody that the, the grassroots people do not get paid. It's the people in the big corporations, the big bureaucracies that get paid a lot. And oftentimes you will see luxury cars in those parking lots of the people that are getting paid a lot by the government. These people, Lori Beal, Christina Shaw, uh, George Ann, um, Ashley Hughes, uh, uh, Laren. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I can't do it because then you're going to be like, you didn't name me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Interbelt was. Uh, ah, Victor says Interbelt was retaliation against blacks for '68 riots. I was 14 in '68 and lived near Bryan School, which is shamefully a jail now. Yeah, a beautiful metaphor, right, Victor? The school to prison or jail pipeline. They literally took a a school and just turned it into a jail. (laughs) I love it. And of course I'm sarcastically, ironically loving it because that is our answer right now is put them in jail. Christina Shaw writes pure heart and soul from all of us. Christina Shaw, an incredible grassroots organizer, obviously no payment does it out of the heart of the goodness of her heart. I don't want you guys to think we're, I don't look, we do it for selfish reasons. Okay. I mean, if you want to say, Oh no, 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 no. We enjoy doing this work. Okay. 
We enjoy doing this work, all of us. We get a lot out of it. And I don't think anybody on this uh, comment section would disagree with that. We enjoy doing this work. So, of course, there's an element of selfishness to it. Now, and Lori Beale writes 100, 100%. We enjoy it. And I feel blessed that I do enjoy it because what a wonderful thing that I can do something that I enjoy that I feel helps society, helps people that, uh, that the rest of society doesn't want to help, right? I think that's the beauty of humanity. Thank goodness we all like doing different things. Um, and like, but I will say there are times where, ah, Christina says, right. I love to love others with no need for anything in return, which is the selfishness of it. Okay. I'm, I don't I hope they're not cringing at me saying that, but I just don't want you guys that don't do this work to think, oh, these are saints. These are saints. These are, these are people that are angels sent from heaven, which people have honestly said that about me. And I'm like, oh my, oh my, oh my, I am no angel sent from heaven. Look at this. Look at this mess. <laughs> so now bad things happen that make me really mad. You guys are great, says Fredrin. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and Christina says, yeah, far from it. In fact, I find that these grassroots people are really gritty. A lot of them. Really gritty people. Usually with their own psychological uh, problems. <laughs> and myself included. Look, I'm on 40 milligrams of antidepressant every day, okay? Um, let me give you an example. Two days ago, I got this new guy that showed up who is a drinker, which is novel for me because I don't usually work with drinkers. I usually work with people that do meth and occasionally fentanyl. Uh, wow. Drinkers are a nightmare. I'm just going to say it. And I am a former drinker. Okay. My wife says, again, 100% says Lori. Yeah, right. So uh, this guy, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you just some. Okay, so he got totally drunk. See, Christina, Lori and Christina are here agreeing 100% of what I'm saying. So you don't need to put us on a pedestal. In fact, we would prefer not to be because we know the truth. We're dirty grinders that get in the mud and have a, have a ball doing it, okay? I mean, and, and it makes us feel good that we're doing good. But we are not angels any more than you're probably a nicer human than most of us. <laughs> okay, okay. So this guy gets so drunk, he loses his keys. All right, I, he's paying rent to live in the house. Okay, he lived in a tent. He moved in and never been in a tent in his life. Okay, um, moves in in a blizzard and had a terrible experience, but did really well. I was very proud of him. It turns out he has disability. Uh, he gets disability the first of the month. He pays $300, moves into the house, and then uh, proceeds to drink himself blind drunk, okay? They throw him out of the house because he starts uh, cursing at women, threatening to fight the men, and they throw him out of the house. And he calls me literally yelling and crying simultaneously as an alcoholic will do. <laughs> I hate the crying drunks. I hate them. So I'm like, look, dude, you got to go chill. 
And so he's yelling, and he walks down to um, he walks down to Arlington Plaza. Calls me on his phone, which he has. He look, he did so many things right. He got in a house, he got his rent, and he paid for his phone for the month. He calls me from uh, Arlington, probably Arlington, which is a couple miles, I think. Probably dr- drinking the whole way. He's drunker than ever. He's like Sage. Just give me fifty dollars and, and a, a room in a in a hotel and and uh, I'll I'll just leave you. I'll just go. And I'm like, and it's like six o'clock at night. I had something else going on, and I'm like, look, man, I physically cannot get to you right now. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. and I hung up on him. Hung up on him. And then a couple hours later, he shows up. He's at the house, at the door, and he's like, they won't let me in, Sage. I just want to go to my room. I just want to go to my room. And he's yelling. They're yelling. Everybody's yelling. I'm on the phone yelling. We're all yelling at each other. I'm so mad. The people in the house are mad. The drunk guy's mad. We're all pissed. And then what really makes me pissed is I have to get out of my comfy house at 8 o'clock at night and go down and deal with this drunk jerk. Then I'm really mad. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. My meth friends never cause this much trouble. My opiate friends just sleep all day. I get one guy, drinker, and he's a nut. Yeah. <laughs> you can see this? Right. I, yeah. You know what it's like. We're all yelling at each other, swearing at each other, hanging up phones on each other. So I'm pissed. I get in my car, and he's before he said, "Get me something. I need something to eat. I need water. I need eat." Like, so I went to the dollar store. I got him some garlic bologna, some cheese, a loaf of bread, two bottles of water, a bag of chips, and I'm calming down. Going over there, he hadn't drunk in a while. He ran out of money, thank God. And he did like I said. So good to see you. So good to see you. He's stinking of all the alcohol, the beer, the vodka, the blah, gross. Then he's got some weird cologne on, and then he starts hugging me. And he's one of those like wiry guys. He's shorter, but he's super strong because he's been working out in prison for the last decade or something. He's got these tattoos, and he goes from being crying to thankful to threatening to punch me and I'm like oh my god oh my god and then these hugs are like I'm like he's gonna choke me out out of love and I can't I'm like okay man it's fine it's fine bro it's fine and of course he lost his keys along the way so he can't get into the house he but he kicked open his own door so now his door's broken again I can't tell you how many times I've fixed that door because the last guy kicked it open they all lose their keys Ugh, they all lose their keys. So I the, the 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 thing I got at 5.30 this morning is one of those keypad entry things. I'm going to go put that on the door leading into the house, take off the deadbolts because they're using deadbolts and to keep out drunk people. Ugh. And so I have to do that. I have to do the hugging and the, and the letting him in and the, he's like, Put, make me a sandwich in the microwave. I'm like, I'm not cooking your sandwich, bro. <laughs> I'm not doing it. 
He's like, I like them. I like my, I like my bologna and cheese microwave. I'm like, nobody likes microwave bologna and cheese. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. So I got him upstairs. And then I'm like, you cannot go in that basement. You stay out of that basement. And then I went down to the basement. Of course, he comes down to the basement. He's like, Sage, I, I just want to be in my room. I'm like, then go to your room. He's like, he's hugging me. And I'm like, oh, God, the cologne and the vodka and the beer. I literally had to go home and take a shower. All those smells all over me. We put him to bed. And I was happy. (laughs) And I was happy. Because you know why? Because what else was I going to do at 8 o'clock at night other than watch some stupid Netflix show? I'm back into Ozark. You watching Ozark? Ozark's fun. Uh, <laughs> Lori says the average person has zero clue of the level of the messy that this life is. The smells, the emotions, the chaos. <laughs> it's all there and more. And what I'm going to tell you is I like... Enjoy is probably not the right word, but maybe it's the right word. Like, the whole thing ended fine. And then I came the next day. I put a new door onto the basement so the basement people can lock that door if John gets too drunk. They're happy. After this show, I'm going to go over. I'm going to put this uh, keypad lock on the door that leads into the house. That's going to help. I think... But mostly what I will tell you is when I'm really upset and I'm almost like, I can't believe I'm doing this work, which is what my wife is like. I can't believe you're doing this. This is I fall back to this one place that seems to never go away in the worst case scenario when I'm really frustrated, really tired, I say to myself, The work needs to be done for the good of the person, for good of the community. Because look, if I left that guy outside of that house and I did not go over, either he would have broke into somebody's house, he would have called the cops, and now he's on the, now, I mean, now we're on cop money, right? We're taking up time. From the police, Christina says, I agree. Um, when And then he could get really hurt because the cops are, 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 are dealing with these kinds of people from a place of fear. They're like, I don't know this guy. He's like strong and he's threatening to punch me. And who knows? Whereas I can just talk him down with, you know, a lot of really aggressive hugging. (laughs) And so the police don't have to deal with it. He's now not in the jail. He's not on the city dime. I'm saving the city money. I'm keeping, I'm keeping the community a little bit safer. This guy not being out there doing dastardly deeds and I'm helping the guy. It needs to be done. Because here's the thing. We've outsourced all this work to the police. All of it. That's what 
that's what all of society has done. Did you guys hear that uh, the Peter Morin Center, for the first time in years, had a mom and her three-year-old dropped off at the emergency shelter? Uh, the mer- they, we every once in a while have a, 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 I don't think it's open now. It's too balmy out to have emergency sheltering. But when it gets below 15 degrees, they open this. The police brought a mom and a three-year-old to the emergency shelter because they had nowhere else to take them. And the police would do that at our tent city, too. The police brought people all the time. Because we're sticking the police with work we don't want to do. Ironically, except for people like Lori and Christina and Laren, and we want to do it. But the people in the system don't want to do it. Now, I yell at the police a lot, but I yell at the Pope a lot. I yell at anybody. I'll yell at the Beacon Journal, the bus system. I'll yell at everybody. We all need reformed. Okay? Why the heck do I have to watch empty buses go up and down Market Street when poor people have to trudge that in the street because the sidewalks aren't plowed and they can't afford a bus pass, which is $2.50 a day? Gretchen says, and the police are terrifyingly unqualified. Right? Look, we need police, okay? Black Lives Matter, we need to reform police. I do not personally believe in anarchy. I don't believe in tearing down the police system. That's me. I think we got to reform it. I feel that the, uh, I'm big time uh, uh, union, but the police union is protecting murderers and criminals. And so we have to, uh, I think a lot of times the police department can't even do anything about the bad people in their department because the union's protecting them. And they can't say anything. So I believe we need reform. I'm, maybe it's because I'm old and I don't know who's going to pick up a pitchfork with me and, and burn organizations to the ground. I can barely get people to vote. How am I going to get people to start a revolution? Apparently, uh, the only people in this country that will start revolution are rich white people that don't want to pay taxes. Isn't that ironic? Rich white people that don't want to pay taxes, they'll go to the mat. But everybody else is like, now please stop killing me. Please let me have a tent. No? All right. (laughs) So look. We, the grassroots people, are the inevitable future if we don't quit. Okay, because sooner or later, the government's going to look around and be like, you know, have you seen what Lori Beal's been doing? Have you seen what Christina Shaw's been doing? (laughs) There's a guy in New York City who did nothing but sue New York City about homeless people. They put him in the city, which is clever because now he won't sue them anymore. But he's still great. So uh, New York City also has the first Uh, official safe injection site where you can legally go and inject drugs safely. New York is leading the way in a lot of really interesting ways. Um, I think they even have a law where they're required to shelter people. It's great. Chrissy says, I got my pitch for a guess on the police reform. We need them, but we need them with us. Thank you, Chrissy. That's all. That's right. And, um, 
And the problem is the white rich guys continue to run all of America. Okay? Like they're the mayors, they're the city council. They have they continue to have all the money. And so they're always going to protect the rich white guys. And that's why, I mean, I have tried so hard to get a city council member to run for mayor in Akron, and I don't think I can get any to do it. I don't think I can get any to do it. And you know why? It's because we elect all city council members and the mayor on the exact same day, and you can only run for one spot, and they don't think they have enough money to run against the mayor, so they won't run against the mayor. So uh, we have this wonderful guy who is a conservative. Uh, he's running for state house right now. Why can't I remember that guy's name? Dang it. That's terrible. Hold on, hold on. I need to mention his name. Uh, where is this guy? Uh, it's important. All right. My internet's going super slow. You guys know the guy, don't you? So uh, um, Gretchen says your pitchfork is ready too. All right. Well, all right, pitchforks are fun. <laughs> I'd have to go buy a pitchfork. I'm I I believe there are only two ways to create meaningful reform in America or in the world. Down looking down the barrel of a gun or at a the voting booth. As long as you have a some semblance of democracy, you can vote your way out of this. And I'm too lazy to get stabbed by a pitchfork. I got a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, too old for pitchforking, I think. And you never know who you're going to get after the pitchforking is done. You could, you'll probably end up dead. Whereas democracy, less likely of ending up dead. Not that I'm against, have anything against uh, dying for a cause. I don't want you to think that. I mean, that's certainly not. I just, I'm trying, what I know is when you die, your um you become like a sh your your presence becomes a shadow of its former self you know so it's it, there's value in not dying uh if you're an activist because as soon as you die you then they whitewash you and they paint the picture of you if you get anything at all and then they got you right where they want you because you can't stand up for yourself so so there's real value in trying not to die doing this work um and so democracy tends to cut down on the dying part. That's why I don't carry guns, although I have exciting news about guns in a couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. Um, the uh, I should have exciting news. Anyways, um, so uh, I do think after the winter subsides, I do think I'm going to really start kicking off my campaign for running for mayor of Akron in May of 2023. 2023? Is that right? Yes. It's coming up. That is coming up. Um, the only, but no, you got to know that nobody is going to support me. The Beacon Journal will not support me. No union will support me. No one with actual money will support me. The only people that are going to support me are the people. And you do support me because you know what's right. You're um, amazing. Uh, but if you want real reform, you, you're going to have to put somebody from the outside in 
and I'm not saying it has to be me, but what I am saying is the one guy, and I'm so sorry I can't remember his name. I really like him. He's a young African-American guy. God, I suck. Is, is he here? I wish he was here. I really like him, but we have differing values is all. But I will say, ah, why don't I know his name? I'm so sorry, dude. I'm so sorry. Um, so anyways, I, I'm, I'm not trying to not give him props. No, not Shamus. Shamus, Shamus Malik is Ward 8, um, uh, uh, city council person. I believe he's, he's a Harvard grad, a law, Harvard grad, the Harvard law, Harvard grad, whatever, you know, law, Harvard, blah, blah, blah. I think he's moving up and out. I think this is just a stepping stone for him. I would be very surprised if, Shamus would run for mayor. I would throw all my weight behind Shamus, 100%. 100%. Um, Shamus doesn't like me. He, I don't know. He's he's very uncomfortable with me. Let me say it that way. Uh, he's very polite. He does not like me yelling and being disrespectful. I can't imagine what he would think of the American Revolution where people were actually killing each other. Is I, I just I don't know. Like he literally doesn't like angry words. He doesn't. He's always chastising me about it <laughs> or anybody. Nick knack that goes on city council. He chastises him. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine Shamus showing up for a revolution. Uh, he can't show up for a, a heated debate. So, um, so Chrissy says something beautiful. We are all people. Why can't we live and let live love and let live help and help each other. If I have more than I need and I see someone without, I always Happily give what I can, and I'll vote for you. Thank you, Chrissy. That's beautiful. Um, I am of the mindset. I'm a very libertarian. I'm a I'm a liberal libertarian. Um, look, you want to sell? Uh, you want to you want to be a sex worker? Uh, I want you to be a safe sex worker. You want to do drugs? I want you to do drugs safely. Um, as long as you aren't hurting somebody else, right? Like, that's why, like, I, I obviously can't support something like looking at pedophilia even because that doesn't, that jeopardizes the kid. So, like, it's it's not that I am, like, I believe, I always like to go to pedophilia because it's the extreme one that makes everybody cringe. Um, uh, I believe that people that are attracted to prepubescent people um I honestly believe this, and I think there has been studies that say that this is in their genetic, uh, their, their in their genetic makeup. That like just like a person is attracted to somebody of the same sex, uh, maybe they're attracted to donkeys. I don't know. I believe personally that it is a genetic thing. It's not learned like most of sex, and so I don't. I don't feel any ill will towards somebody that's looking at pedophilia, but I cannot support you looking at pedophilia because there was a victim uh, that those pictures were taken of. And so I cannot that I'm just giving you an example of a libertarian thing that I cannot support. Okay. I cannot support you looking at prepubescent pictures. Now, if they were, if they were drawings, I very challenging. I think we need to be safe. I need like I think a person that has um, prepubescent desi sexual desires, we need to, again, protect them because society hates them, vehemently hates them. And we need to protect society. 
They need to be in a safe place. Just like um, I said uh, a couple weeks ago that I believe that there are certain people where we need to bring back forced, uh, I guess, incarceration, for lack of a better word, of people that are seriously mentally ill that uh, will likely harm other people. Um, uh, And people were surprised that I said that. They're like, well, I thought you were such a libertarian. Why would you do that? Well, because these people are a danger to society. Like there was the the homeless guy that pushed the lady uh, in front of the train. There was another homeless person that just beat some woman with a baseball bat. Uh, the the African American homeless guy on the corner of West Market and uh, 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 Hawkins was throwing stuff and yelling at people two days ago. I called the police on that. Nothing happened. I feel like he's a potential real danger to society. I'm not that much concerned about being a danger to yourself because I believe in euthanasia. I believe in the right to uh, uh, suicide. I think that there should be resources to encourage you not to do that, to look at, because as my father-in-law likes to say, suicide is a long-term answer for a short-term problem. I think that's a lot of times the case. But uh, again, your body, your choice. Um, I, I, I really, 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 really believe that. Again, you should be helped. You should make sure that you're not being coerced to kill yourself. But we don't help any of these people. We don't help people thinking about suicide. We don't help people doing drugs. We don't help uh, people that are uh, uh, pedophiles. We don't help people that are mentally ill that want to hurt other people. We just lock them up. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. And usually we only lock them up after they do the heinous crime, which is obviously a problem, you see. So that's who I am. I'll talk more about that. Um, uh, we need to decriminalize, uh, drug use in Akron. I will push, uh, I don't know what kind of power a mayor has in Akron. I think a lot of power. If I have my way, we will have the second, uh, safe injection site in America because we are the home of recovery. We are the home of AA. We should be leading recovery in the nation and we will be called the recovery city. That will be my tagline, the recovery city. Don't you like it? Yeah, sure, I like it too, because I'm a marketer. Um, all right. So, look, um, I'm right at a weird point because I have to, I think I have to close. I have to close the show. People, I love you. You have to know that you are, thank you, Gretchen. Um, you have to know that you are the good in America. When people fall into these institutions like the former uh, Pope, you become evil and you protect literal pedophiles. Literally, he protected pedophiles and he did he not accused himself of no wrongdoing. Did you see the Pope? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry that happened, but I didn't do anything wrong. Of course, of course. Um, Chrissy says, I really love to get a one-on-one with you when your schedule permits an interview of understanding, perhaps. Uh, that'd be cool. Like, uh, um, if we can do it publicly, that's my, like, if we can record it or something, I just, I have a hard time finding space in my life to do one-on-one inter- meetings, private meetings at this time in my life, I, because I'm, I have to go deal with, uh, drug and alcohol addled homeless people right now. <laughs> Okay, but I will do a podcast with you 100% all day, every day, because I want these conversations to be publicly accessible. People, I love you. You are the good. You are the good. You are the reason I fight, ultimately, because I believe in you, okay? You are, you are like really the energy that enables me to do this. All of you are, 
Okay, people, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.